Words from My Teachers, an everyday Buddhism podcast featuring readings from the books written by and about my teachers from the Bright Dawn Center of Oneness Buddhism and the Kabose Dharma Legacy. Reverend Gyome Kabose, Reverend Koyo Kabose, and Haya Akagarasu. This podcast is dedicated with great love and gratitude to the teachers and teachings of Reverend Koyo Kabose, Reverend Gyome Kabose, and all those that went before. May all benefit. Welcome to episode two of Words from My Teachers. In this episode, I will be reading the introduction and the first five essays or first five chapters of the book, The Center Within by Reverend Gyome Kabose, which was copyright in 1986. I suggest that you pause after each essay. Reflect on what you just heard. Don't just listen to the first and listen to the next. Reflect after listening to each essay and ask yourself, how does this apply to me? How can I use it in my life to make myself better, to make myself happier, to make my spiritual practice better, to make myself be a better person to those around me? It's like Reverend Koyo Kabose used to teach us in our lay ministry program. He used to say, how can you apply this to your life? Don't just read, but ask yourself how you can use it in your life. Add it to your spiritual toolbox, as he used to say. Think about it. So let's get started. Uh, the first one I will read is the foreword of the book. It explains a little bit about um, the book, and it'll give you a sense of the tone of Reverend Gilmay's teachings. In our utilitarian and pragmatic culture, the value of things and activities is based on the results they produce. Anything that does not bring good results or profit has no value. In this pecuniary society, unless an endeavor produces a good profit, it is a waste of time and energy. Once I was invited to the annual dinner of a certain community organization. I was seated at a table with several other people. One person, who was a member of the organization, said to a man at the table, You are not a member. You should join the organization. The young man asked, What is your membership fee? When told, It's only $15 a year. He replied, $15 a year? What do I get? The member said, you shouldn't talk like that. Just pay the dues and work hard for the good of other people. There are many unfortunate people in this world. I thought that was an interesting conversation. There are many people who think just for themselves. They are totally indifferent to others. If people thought more about others, this world would be a better place to live. It is because humans can develop a sense of universal goodness that they can be considered better than other animals. 
Each individual person has something unique to himself. He has a capacity to develop his uniqueness. Particularly in this democratic society, he has the opportunity to develop his potential. Therefore, it is important for each individual to look within and find oneself and be oneself. This is an important teaching and philosophy of life. Everybody cannot be an outstanding musician or engineer. Everybody cannot be a general. Foot soldiers are equally important. A janitor is important, as well as the president of a company. A piano is nice in the center of a living room, and a wastebasket is important in the corner. A doormat is doing an important job, although everyone steps on it. Everything has its place in this world. Each of us should look within and find one's own center and develop oneself to the fullest capacity. Everything has its center. A nation has its center. A family has its center. Each individual has a center around which his whole life revolves. It is of prime importance to find the center within one's own life. There are many people who are unable to find the center of their lives and consequently become frustrated and unhappy. The articles in this book were transcribed from talks given over the years. Their original form has been preserved as much as possible and are expressions from my everyday life. If these articles help readers to find their centers and live fulfilling and meaningful lives, the purpose of the book is fulfilled. And this is signed, Gyome Masao Kabose, Chicago, Spring of 1986. End of Essay 1. Time to Reflect. Chapter 2, or Essay 2, of The Center Within. This essay is entitled, Awareness. Buddhism is awareness. In our lives, unless we are aware, we will not see the truth, the truth about ourselves, other things, and the truth about other lives. It is our tendency to always look outside, around us. We forget to look deep within. When we practice self-introspection, we can see all kinds of things. Yes, we have capabilities and virtues, but also our ego is strong and we have many ugly things within us. When we are serene and quiet, we are able to see much deeper into all things. All around us are many wonderful, beautiful things. Basho, the most famous of all Japanese poets, wrote many poems which were expressions of his life. He saw universal life, the pure life, deeply within himself and in all things around him. One of his well-known poems is, Look Carefully, The Nizuna Blooms Along the Fence. Ah! The Nizuna is a most insignificant small flower. Unless one looks very carefully, one will not see it. Unless one understands life deeply, 
What significance can the Nizuna have? Wild flowers bloom everywhere. What of them? Perhaps Basho had walked along that fence many times and had been totally unaware of that small white flower until he saw it that particular morning. It was blooming with every petal, every leaf. How beautiful! When the sun comes, the Nizuna opens up 100%. How about me? Am I living like the Nizuna? I have so many complaints, no inspiration. But look at this small, insignificant wild flower. No one looks at it. No one praises it. However, it lives fully. Basho was inspired to live like the Nizuna and crystallized his understanding into a 17-syllable haiku poem. Basho received a great lesson from the Nizuna, and this expanded his awareness. Unless we are aware, we do not learn anything. We have no inspiration and no teachings. Teachings are everywhere, all around us, if only we open the mind's eye to see. Awareness of life is what makes life special. To learn Buddhism is to change one's life. Regardless of how much we learn, unless your life changes, nothing is learned. It is just accumulated knowledge. Without awareness, it is just another day and another place. To learn Buddhism is to become aware of life, which means to become aware of oneself. End of the essay Awareness. Time to reflect. Essay 2. A Shining Star. Here is a question. Suppose you meet an enlightened person. What would you do? He knows everything. Explanation is not needed, and yet you should not be silent. How would you act? Well, you meet enlightened ones every day. As soon as you step out the door, you meet birds, dogs, flowers, the sky. Enlightenment is something beyond speech and silence. Meet each thing face to face. This is important. A flower blooms. A dog barks. The wind blows. We have to be aware. On December 8th, Bodhi Day, Siddhartha met the morning star gently, kindly, and he attained enlightenment. Siddhartha had seen the stars many times, but that particular morning he met the morning star face to face. The star was shining. When Siddhartha met that shining star, he understood, and a new life was started. Do not over-intellectualize. Enlightenment does not need into intellectualization. In life, there is immediate touch, immediate communication, a spark between lives. Beyond speech and silence, there is a true world. This is the world that all true Buddhists have experienced for themselves and revealed to others. The whole world is enlightened. You are in enlightenment. Just open your life and meet it directly, intimately. 
For this, you need awareness. You try to find enlightenment elsewhere, but it is here in your everyday life. The star is here and shining. This is the end of the essay, A Shining Star. Time to reflect. Essay 3, Buddha Nature and Gasho. Everyone has Buddha nature, the potential to become a Buddha. Because of this, we treat all with the highest respect and greet them with a gasho, a bow. I think this is a wonderful teaching to respect others. If you tell a small child, you are a rascal, he will have no sense of self-respect. However, if you assure him of his goodness, he will respect himself and become good. In the same way, we gasho and remind each other that we are potentially Buddhas. This creates an atmosphere of honor and respect, and we cannot help but respond accordingly. Someone might say, well, even if you respect those drunkards lying around on the street, they don't know it. Even so, if you look down on them, abuse them, what good is that? Perhaps none were drunkard as young adults. Perhaps they all tried to be different. Due to circumstances of human weaknesses, they lost the way of their true lives, despaired, became angry, whatever the reasons, they became the way they are. We should understand such persons rather than look down on them. We must respect other people in order to create a better atmosphere. Respect helps create peace in the world. When my teacher became head of the Higashi Hoganji Temple, he made the following motto for that particular year. World peace begins with Gasho. The more I thought about this, the truer it became for me. Peace in the home begins with Gasho too. Gasho is not necessarily shown only by its form, the putting together of the hands and bowing. Without the form, there is still gasho. Gasho begins in each individual's mind, the mind where we are able to respect others. When a husband respects his wife and vice versa, and when parents respect children and vice versa, there is the foundation for peace. Virtue is not our own. Virtue always has neighbors. This is how the attitude of Gasho can start to vibrate in our environment. It is through Gasho that we can fulfill the Buddha nature within us. This is the end of the essay Buddha Nature and Gasho. Time to reflect. Essay 4. Buddhism is Everyday Life When Nansen, a teacher, was asked, What is Buddhism? He answered, everyday life. This is one of the many ways to point out the essence of Buddhism. In Buddhism, we talk about the way or the path. In Chinese, it is called the Tao. In Japanese, Do. Do is the path or the way we live each day. What is this path? What kind of path do you walk? We make many pretensions and we represent things as we want them to be. We do not see things as they are. 
we do not understand life as it is. Buddhism is the most natural way of life where every little thing we do is the way. Without pretensions or artificiality, each path is uniquely an individual's own. Each way is different, and yet there is the great way that everyone walks. It is the same path, but different to each individual. It can be difficult to understand that the universal way is one's own way. This is the difference between the true way and the not true way. Just as freedom is different from lawlessness, freedom is always one with law. Freedom exists when law is lived. What this means is that one must find the way deep inside oneself. Yet at the same time, the way does exist out there. Outside and inside become identical. The universal and particular become one. You live your own life and there is no pre-established pattern. Yet your unique pattern forms the same way the universe forms. This is life's path. It is a flower blooming, the wind blowing. You live, I live. When you live the universal way, you see life expressing itself everywhere. It is such a tremendous noble way that you cannot help being inspired. Life is art when lived this way. Art means it is absolute. There is creativity in life. Imitation has no value. Art must be original and unique. The art of haiku, Japanese poetry, is the Buddhist life expressed in poetic form. Each moment in life is a poem in itself. When each action is an expression of life itself. There is beauty and fulfillment. This is the universal path. It is the way that Nansen pointed to when he said, Buddhism is everyday life. This is the end of the essay, Buddhism is Everyday Life. Time to reflect. Essay 5, Empty-Handed. In Buddhism, it is said, go with empty hands. To go empty-handed means to have no fixed ideas, no rigid plans. It means to be ever ready. Whatever comes, we will receive it 100%. Do it 100%. Suppose you bring beautiful flowers or a box of candy to a friend. Some might say that Taking something with you is not going empty-handed. However, empty-handed does not mean nothing in the hands. It is a condition of the mind. You simply want to give flowers out of real joy. There is no idea of, I am giving, I will be thanked, or I am returning a favor. There are no expectations. This is empty-handedness. Life as it is, without speculation, without intention. Emptiness or nothingness means that there is no manipulation and no planning by the you, which is the accumulation of your five senses.
both sides of the struggle. I want to, I don't want to, must be forgotten. So it is said, where there is enlightenment, there is no self. Where there is no self, there is no enlightenment. Both self and non-self must disappear. When non-self is conceptualized as non-self, then it is not non-self. Many people become attached to the idea of non-self and to the idea of nothingness. But when we are attached to nothingness, this kind of nothingness is not what Buddhism teaches. True nothingness is to be fully aware. In the fresh, creative life, there are no rigid plans. But some people say, don't we have to plan for tomorrow, for next year? Yes, we make plans, but they should only be tentative guidelines. To have no plan means that when you actually do something, you put your whole life into it. Whatever it is, the minute we say, I must be selfless, then that is fixed, not free. Go at it with your total self. Let life take over. When we really do things, the self is transcended. In that kind of life, every moment is fresh. Every minute is creative. This is what empty-handed means. This is the end of the essay, Empty-Handed. Time to reflect. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Words from My Teachers, an everyday Buddhism podcast, featuring readings from the books written by and about my teachers from the Bright Dawn Center of Oneness Buddhism and the Kabose Dharma Le Legacy, Reverend Gyome Kabose, Reverend Koyo Kabose, and Haya Akagarasu. I hope you've enjoyed these essay readings from The Center Within by Reverend Gyome Kabose. And I hope you will take my suggestion and cue to do some reflection at the end of each essay. As my teacher, Reverend Koyo Kabose, taught, don't just read. Ask yourself how you can use what you've heard, what you've read. How can you add it to your spiritual toolbox? This is the last of the episodes released in full as public episodes. So be sure to subscribe through the Substack link to receive five essay readings weekly on Monday. And please share the Substack feed using the convenient share button at the end of the episode posts. Until next time. Mm -hmm.